critical thoughts. Hope you're all well out there in podcast land. First of all, just a massive, massive thank you for those of you who have been listening to our podcasts. The Talking About series is now well on its way to being uploaded. We're trying to do one of these every week. And my goodness, we have got lots of really amazing people that we've been interviewing over the past couple of years going to be added on to the podcast very, very soon. But first of all, I think it's really important to say that if you've tuned into this podcast hoping that it was going to be a podcast all about backdroppings, how to identify backdroppings and all that kind of stuff, I'm afraid to say that you have been misinterpreting the raison d'etre behind what we're going to be doing here in this session. We're not going to be looking at backdroppings. We're not going to be smelling backdroppings. We're not even going to be tasting backdroppings, folks. There is not going to be a backdropping in sight, but we are going to be talking guano. So what the flapping knick-knock does that mean? Well, what we're going to try and do in this talking guano session, and I don't know if we're going to pull off because it's the first time I've ever tried anything like this, but it's going to be a range of quick hit topics, random thoughts, and something just for you, our podcast listeners. Also bear in mind that any thoughts expressed are not necessarily my own, despite the fact they may have came out of my mouth. I guess that's what some people might call a disclaimer. Before we get too deep into today's Talking Guano, just another few thoughts have come to me. I don't know if we'll ever do another one of these, okay? But do bear in mind that uh, this, and if we did do any more, it's not supposed to be too serious, although on occasions it can be. So what's happening with me today? Where am I? Why am I doing this? <laughs> well, the idea for Talking Guano came to us a few weeks ago, I guess now, but I have ended up on my own in a hotel in Paris because my wonderful wife and her daughter have beggared off to Disneyland, leaving me all on my own some. Yes, folks, I have been dumped for Donald What the Duck and I could sit here and feel quite sorry for myself and I could sit here and not do very much with my time. But there's an expression in business that I find so, so useful to always grasp onto when you find yourself on occasions somewhere where you're not supposed to be away from either stuff that you're trying to achieve personally or in your business life. And that expression is do what you can with what you've got. So here we are. I'm in a hotel in the outskirts of Paris. I've got electricity. I've got a laptop. I've got a microphone. And... I've got this idea, Talking Guano, so far living up to its name, perhaps. But anyway, got the idea and we thought, well, now's a good time to at least try and knock that off, so to speak. So in today's Talking Guano, what are we going to talk about? Two things coming up. First of all, a little bit of a heads up on what you can expect from the Talking Bat podcasts over the coming months. A little bit about a new book that some of you may have heard of that is coming out very late October, early November. And also something rather disturbing. According to Google, I'm dead. Yes, yes, folks, 
that appears to be the case. I apparently died some years ago, but nobody told me and nobody told my daughter because for some reason, goodness knows why, she was on the internet searching my name probably about a month, six weeks ago now, and it came up with Neil Middleton, author of, I think it was Social Calls of Bats, or is that a bat, saying that I'd passed away a few years ago. Now, she was rather disturbed because earlier that morning, she had actually been talking to me on the phone and she sent me a wee text saying, hey, Dad, is everything all right? You better tell Mr. Google that this is not you, that the author of that book or those books is not indeed dead. Now, I was a bit shocked and I thought to myself, wow, um, talk about not believing everything you see on the internet. But then I thought to myself, you know, it might actually be quite useful to just allow Google to continue with that uh, myth, so to speak, just in case the Bat Mafia at some point in the future engage a hit squad because I've misidentified a random myotis from Merseyside. Yeah, Neil, don't be that man. Don't identify myotis to species level. Definitely don't do that. Not unless the figures are really good and it's a really good quality recording. But you can just hear batting my fear, headquarters, the conversation. Hey, boss, no need to do this. According to Google, he's already gone. I'm happy with that. Totally happy with that. But for those of you that uh, know otherwise, yes, I'm still here doing this nonsense. Okay, let's get serious for a wee while, folks. Let's talk a little bit about what to expect from Talking Bat podcast in the coming months. Wow. Look, unless you've been in Batability Club, you possibly don't appreciate the efforts we have gone to to get on microphone some of the most amazing people, not just from the bat world, but also other people from the world of ecology. There are too many to list here. I'm going to give you some names in a moment. But we are running, I think at the moment, having done something like 49 interviews with these fabulous people. And every month we add a new interview for our Batability Club members. But what that means from the podcast point of view is we have got something like a year's worth of interviews to upload onto the podcast if we manage to do one every week. And by the time we get to the end of that year, bear in mind, we've been adding more during that year as well. So these interviews, of course, are audio only when you listen to them on the podcast, and sometimes they're edited down. And there is a little bit of a time lag between Batability Club and them going up here on the podcast. And of course, on the Batability Club portal, for those of you who are members of Club, you will be aware that you get the full videoed version, including links and additional support resources, etc., that relate to the interview we've been carrying out at that time. But here are the kind of people that we have got coming up for you on the podcast. People like Al Milano, Anne Youngman, Gareth Jones, David Darrell Lambert, Richard Crompton, Paul Racy, John Russ, Sandy Sowler, Miriam Cornshield, Brock Fenton, Ian Davidson-Watts, Maggie Andrews, Roger Ransom. People like 
those. In fact, Neil, that's that's not accurate. It's not people like those. It's actually those people and a whole range of others. That's what you've got to look forward to if you keep listening to our podcast. I really, really hope you do because the stories and the experiences that all of these people and many others have told me about for your benefit are interesting, inspiring, jaw-dropping on occasions, I would say. So please, 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 if you like the podcast, if you like the audio podcast, please stick around and that's what we've got coming up for you in that respect. Moving on, what's next? What's next? Looking at my notes. Ah, that's right. There is the small matter of a big book that myself, Stuart Newson, and Huma Pierce have been putting together for, goodness, two years, I think, from uh, start until completion. Good news is, uh, Pelagic Publishing, our amazing publishers, a big shout out to Nigel and the team there, Pelagic Publishing have pressed the green button with the printers. That means that everything is now done. The book's been written, the folder with the sound files have been created, the copy editing's done, the proofreading's done, the layout's done, the indexing is done, more proofreading. I think this book has been proofread something like six times by now by various people. It's all done. It's all done, folks. All we're waiting for now is for the printer to start rolling the hard copies of the press. So here's the news. I have been informed by Pelagic that, as at, what date is it when I'm doing this? It's the 1st of October, 2023 here, folks, today. I've been informed within the last couple of days that this book is physically going to be available in our hands last week in October, first week in November. Very, very exciting. I haven't told you what the book's called yet, have I? No, I don't think I have. The book is called The Sound Identification of the Terrestrial Mammals of Britain and Ireland. Now, by terrestrial mammals, we're not talking bats here. We're talking about land-based, all-of-the-time terrestrial mammals. So bats are not included, okay? Because, rightly or wrongly, I know that bats, strictly speaking, are regarded as terrestrial mammals, but I like to think of bats the same way that people that study other things, for example, think of seals, okay? Seals are regarded as semi-aquatic or semi-terrestrial. So, for the same reason, bats are semi-terrestrial and semi-aerial, I think would be a good way to describe it. Anyway, that's my lame excuse as to why we didn't add all of the bat species to that book. And there are plenty of really, really good books out there on bat-related uh, sound identification, etc., as you will be well aware, I am sure. Okay, okay, I've tried to keep this brief. I've tried to keep this snappy. As I said earlier, I don't know if we'll ever do another one of these. If we do and you've enjoyed it, well, great. If we don't and this is a one-off, then I don't know. That's great as well, I guess. <laughs> so what else have I got here with me in the hotel room, folks? I've got my running shoes. I'm just about to go for a run. 
I've got my guitar. By goodness, I need to learn to play that a bit better. I've got my binoculars and my telescope. And already this weekend, I went out birding yesterday to the eastern outskirts of Paris and saw lots of really good birds. Highlights? Highlights. What were the highlights, Neil, from yesterday? A really nice white wagtail, uh, some northern lapwing beginning to migrate through, a marsh harrier, which isn't overly exciting, but I hadn't seen one for quite a while. In fact, I don't think I'd seen a marsh harrier since probably around about February uh, this year, so that was nice to see that again. Some barnacle geese. Yeah, eight barnacle geese. I'm assuming these are wild birds, and these are very early birds migrating through. I don't know. I don't know enough about birds in the Paris area to know if maybe they've got some barnacle geese that hang around all year or not. Anyway, that's me. That's my random thoughts. That's been Talking Guano. Thanks for listening. Till next time, or perhaps not. Mm-hmm.